Liana, there is something this week that made me so angry. Hello, by the way. Hello. So there's something this week that made me so angry. Like I would think about it when I was trying to sleep. Uh, I had even formulated how I was going to approach it for the podcast. Um, it, It really made me angry. And here's the thing. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Well, I guess it wasn't that important. You see, that's not how memory works, though. Memory doesn't choose what's No, that is how memory works. No, no. Memory doesn't choose what to forget and what to remember. You don't decide what to forget. The the brain responds to relevance. We'll get to relevance later. That's another thing that pisses me off. But no, it's... I, I can see it in my head. It's... You know how they have those reveals of cars at car shows? And the car is underneath okay. a giant white tarp until they pull the thing, okay. they lift the tarp up and they reveal it. That what right. The thing that was really bothering me is right now in my brain under one of those big tarps and it's mocking me. It bothered me. you so much you repressed the memory? It's mocking me right now. My memory is like mocking me. Do you have like angries, Ed? Like, do you have multiple personalities to just contain all the anger? No, I, I think my one personality is broad enough. But... Uh, what, what, okay. was it, uh, what was it Khan said about Kirk? Uh, it, it tasks me. This, this, this lack of memory. It tasks you. It tasks me. Um, it tasks you. It tasks okay. me. Um, so um, we're going to move on to talk about other things. If it comes to me, I'll let you know. I suspect it will come okay. to me in the middle of the night. Um, okay. French remember logic? That, remember that song? In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. I go walking in my sleep. I go walking in my sleep. Do the rhythm of to something. the valley of... I don't remember yes. the rest of it. What song is that? The... Do, 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 do. I think that's a Billy Joel song. In oh, the it is a Billy Joel song. Night. It is yeah. a Billy Joel song. I think it's called In the Middle of the Night. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I go um, walking in the, in the middle of the... That's right. I go walking in the, in the middle of the... Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, these poor listeners. That was a little concert for them. Um, well, you have a good voice. Uh, my voice is, they call it the Velvet Smog. Um, so <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, QP strike. Oh, I know right. what I was mad about now. There we go. <laughs> now I remember the notwithstanding clause. Well, that's part of the QP strike. Okay, we will get to that. Um, and we will get to the QP strike. Um, mm-hmm. And usually at the beginning of the show, we start with something a little more picky, you know, a little less yeah. ripped from the headlines. Yeah. You mean the things that people actually care about? Yeah. Those things, the picky things. Yeah. Picky yeah. is not spelled with a K. If you're looking it up. Right. It's spelled uh, with a Q. Picky No. It's spelled with yeah, a C. It, no. P-I-C-A-U-R-P-A-C-Y-U-N-E. I just like to put Q's where they don't belong. See also X. Because then it's cool. You misspell a word and then it's branded. What about Z? Z doesn't get enough love. Well, that, that you, can, you, can, you can put like Z where an S would be. I remember the first time I, I saw this whole concept deconstructed with Steve Martin's L.A. story. What concept? 
the whole idea of spelling words weird on purpose. Oh. Remember Sarah Jessica Parker's character? Her name was Sandy, but she didn't spell it at all normal. Uh, vaguely. I, I usually, if Sarah Jessica Parker's in a movie, I remember around her. I had a millennial uh, four years younger than me call me grandma today. <laughs> Those little peeps. That was pretty awesome. Yep. Now you had a question for me. Yes, I do. What is it? It was this, it, it was based on the same guy who called me grandma. All right. Why is it? And I've I've asked multiple men this this week. And and the the ironic thing is that none of them have said to me that does not happen. They all answered the question. So here's the question for both you and the listeners at home or in their cars or on their commute. Why when men realize they're wrong, like they're corrected about something, they don't stop offering opinions on things they know nothing about. It's not, okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. They double, triple, quadruple down and they make this giant jerk out of themselves. I've gotten four different answers this week to the question. So what's yours, Ed? I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to picture that circumstance. Maybe it's the men that you really? let you hang around with. Really? This doesn't land with you? I don't find I've had that, that trouble with men. I'm thinking then about it. you are that guy, Ed. I'm thinking then about you it. you are that guy. I get maybe men don't do it to other men. I don't know. Like That might be it. It's because, it's because men, well, he, he said that men are terrified of not knowing things, one person said. Another person said because they're embarrassed that they're wrong. And they, like I said, there's two reasons a man won't stop talking. Because they are an expert on the subject and want respect for it. And they know absolutely nothing about the subject. And I thought that was hilarious. So those are the two categories of men. I I guess. I don't know. I mean, the, the, guy, the guys, see, the guys who would stop talking, don't offer opinions about things they know nothing about in the first place, right? Yeah, well, okay. And that's There's the that, that I have encountered. And I rarely yeah. encounter women talking about things they know nothing about. Men talking about things they know nothing about all the time, which also drives me crazy when you're talking to somebody and you say, um, now, have you seen this or have you read this? Are you familiar with this? And they say, yeah, yeah. And it's very clear from their face. No, no, they have not. They can't admit okay, I, that, no, I I'm not familiar with this. I know some women who who talk about things they know nothing about, but women tend to default to the my feelings excuse when they're called on not knowing something right but men just like there's this thing i've noticed lately the number of people popping off saying something is terrible writing when they have no qualifications to assess whether something is objectively good or bad just whether they like it or not oh everybody's an and expert. when you point yeah, but when you point that out to them, that if you don't like it, that's fine, but it's not objectively bad. They lose it. They freak out. You see? They just cannot handle that. See, unlike me, who I recognize that there is uh, there are qualities to Doctor Who. 
that uh, many people engage with and, and feel connected to. I just can never, I, I, I don't like Doctor Who. It is not for me. Mind you, they're fans. I like no, less. No, it's, not, it's uh, not your sort of thing. No, but I don't say that it's crap because I recognize there's there's something to it. There's 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 work there that uh, has taken some thought. It just doesn't go in my direction. And I can't. And, and uh, this is just also a notice to anybody I know. Um, don't ever talk to me about Doctor Who. Don't ever talk to me about Doctor <laughs> Who. I don't know how yeah. many doctors no, there have been. I don't. I mean, I love the Daleks yeah. with the plunger. Um, I like the adipose. The, the little the fat adipose guys. are delightfully creepy. The stone yeah. angels are terrifying. See, even that, I don't know what that is. And I, I don't, don't tell me. I don't want to know. You've seen I, the Stone Angels episode. I showed it to you. See? It's like remembering around Sarah Jessica Parker. I have yeah, to prioritize. Yeah. I have to prioritize memories these days. But, I mean, DC is a different story. DC does not have the quality control that that Marvel does. Okay, but, so, like, some, I didn't so like some things. the Aquaman movie. So some things in some like, movies I didn't in like DC the are terrible. Movie, but I wouldn't say it's terrible. Well, yeah, the writing. I was specifically talking about the writing. The writing in Black Adam was just meh. It, I wouldn't say it was objectively terrible. The stuff Joss Whedon did on Justice League was terrible. I was very skeptical that the Snyder Cut was going to be superior than the theatrical release, but it was. It yeah, was there's a, a low bar there. Yeah, but it wasn't. There was a perfectly good three-hour movie in that six hours of footage with <laughs> Justice League. They could have cut it down. Like I, I didn't. You know, I didn't like the Aquaman movie all told, but I wouldn't say it was terrible. It was just a bunch of things combined that I don't like. So to get back to your to answer, your question: Why don't? Why do men double and triple down when they've been shown to be wrong? Um, I still yeah, don't. I, I defensive still, and turn it around. I still don't know. I, I, I honestly, I don't have an answer for that. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out because there's so there's got to be some social programming in it. I can't believe that there's this many guys walking around who are just jerks. I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. So, you know, when it happens, I can understand why they get so very nasty when I point out the mistake. Um, maybe you should apply for a, a research grant. Could I do that? I don't see why not. There's like, so just many crazy go, researchers. Go, go, around, go around offending thin-skinned men on a grant? Yeah, why not? That, that may be my purpose in life, Ed. When we come back, uh, why I hate the notwithstanding clause, and we talk about right. the, uh, the QP strike. So, uh, if you're uh, on the liberal left side of things, you'll probably enjoy the next uh, segment or so. If you're on the center right side of things, first of all, I'm surprised you're here. Thank you for joining us. Secondly, uh, you're probably not going to like what I have to say. So uh, stay well, there, with us. there are some people who, you know, there are some people who may vote conservative that still don't like this decision. We'll be back. <laughs> So the notwithstanding clause, Leanna, for those who don't know what it is, it's a portion of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, often referred to as Canada's Constitution. um, Yeah, Section uh, 33 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. 
Okay, point Dexter. Um, the uh, it, it allows no, basically- like this is an opportunity to educate people. So I like to get these things meticulous, right? Okay, very good. Can I continue? This was this. Well, this would you like me to do this? Why would I want you to do this? Well, because I have prepared for this segment and you're going to spitball it. Fine, go ahead. Okay, so the when Pierre Trudeau, Pierre Trudeau, not Justin Trudeau, right, was redoing Canada's constitution in the 80s, right, constitution and charter, um, provinces like Alberta and Saskatchewan wanted an out so that they could ignore the decision of the courts. And in order to get this new kind, this new um, Canadian charter and constitution, Pierre Trudeau reluctantly agreed to the notwithstanding clause. And Wait, what wasn't, it Quebec, mean, wasn't Quebec the stumbling block? It wasn't just Quebec. All right, but Quebec was it a was, factor. It wasn't just Quebec. Quebec was a factor. Uh, but Quebec actually opposed the charter. Alberta and Saskatchewan signed on because of this. Quebec passed legislation in 1982 that basically invoked the clause in every new law until 1985. All right. Well, it, it, it so Quebec Quebec is an anomaly in that it didn't it didn't get Quebec to the table the way it did the prairies. Okay. And, and of is... course, you know, Quebec invoked Quebec invoked the notwithstanding clause on uh, all the language laws. Right? And on the thing about religious but, symbols. Right. So what the notwithstanding clause is, and it's a charter thing, not a constitutional thing. Canada does have a constitution, but when we refer to things, these are charter points. It gives provinces or parliament the ability to override certain portions of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms for a five-year term. And so what's happening in Ontario right now is that Ford is, or, you know, he's missing in action. It's Lecce's taking the, uh, taking the hit on this one. But Ford is, the Ford government, is denying people's right to ass- like some assemble in a union and strike because of the QP dispute. And the whole point of the notwithstanding clause is that they think that invoking the notwithstanding clause is very serious. And then the, the government who does it has to face the voters. Now, that may have worked at one time. I'm not sure it works now. People are such low information voters that people forget that it happened by the time we go to the polls, which is why I think they're doing it. Well, I think, of course, Ontario, Ontario governments and school strikes. There's a bad, a bad record on that. I think it is that is the stupidest entry into a charter of rights I have ever heard. And as far as I'm concerned, they should have left the BNA, the British North America Act. They should have just left it. Well, it's our. you do not if you you do not really have rights if your charter of rights says that your province can take away your rights like this is absurd either you have rights as a canadian citizen or you do not the idea that that, that with a way you know with a with a vote 
in the legislature, a, a, a party, a government can take away your rights. That's absurd. It, you, we don't have rights then. We have, it, it's like the Charter of Suggestions. It's not the, the Charter <sighs> of Rights and Freedoms. It's this, I, I think that it is anti-democratic and it is, we, we should not, I mean, in the, in, the, in the States, they're so screwed up, it's unbelievable. But when the Supreme Court makes a decision, it stands. Um, we, the Supreme well, Court makes a decision. Equivalent, what? This is our equivalent of states' rights. Well, it's stupid. Right. Th- this is this is a check against complete federalism. So that I mean, that's why the conservative provinces liked it. I so it, uh, think that it is absurd that at any point we can have our uh, rights denied to us by the uh, political leanings of a government. I think that like the Emergencies Act, if you're going to use the notwithstanding clause, it should immediately trigger within 30 to 60 days, maybe 90 days, it takes time to set up a plebiscite so that the the citizens of the province, the voters of the province get to vote on whether they support this notwithstanding clause. It should be an automatic trigger like the inquiry into the Emergencies Act. It should not last for five years. But nobody gets to vote on the outcome of the Emergencies Act. It's an inquiry. No one's on trial. No, but there is an automatic trigger once it's used. Okay, but I'm just being careful because a lot of people think that the inquiry going on right now over the use of the Emergencies Act is a trial. It's not. Yes, there are lawyers and there are various parties, but it is an inquiry, not a trial. Um. So... This is just my thought about the notwithstanding clause, which was used again uh, by the uh, the uh, conservatives in Ontario to, uh, as you said, yeah, the- uh, override the rights of QP members, uh, you know, uh, school workers, education workers uh, from striking. And it, it's going to mandate that they take this ridiculous. Uh, I mean, the province is not willing to pony up the costs that I mean, th- what they're offering is not even cost of living increases um, for people who are making the least amount of money. And what happened? Well, and, and and also, these are the people that got the lion's share of the extra work during COVID, because these are the cleaning staff, the food prep people, right? These are the support workers in schools. This isn't the teachers. That's OPSU, right? Is it OPSU? I, I might be getting that wrong. But there's a teachers union, and then there's QP. QP is what's striking, but a lot of teachers are standing in solidarity with these support workers because they get paid terribly. And these are the people who kept the schools disinfected during COVID. See, this is my point, is that when COVID was happening, people were making handmade signs to put on their lawn. Thank you to to, uh, frontline workers, to essential workers. There was all kinds of praise on social media, everybody, it seemed everyone was singing Hosanna's together. It was like a big kumbaya. Well, because uh, that made people feel good about themselves. Yeah, and, and then, so, so we, we, we discovered that these people who manage our infrastructure at the base level um, are extremely necessary for the wheels of our society to continue uh, grinding. And, yeah. and then, the first chance we get to show that we actually think that they're valuable, the province shuts the door in their face. I knew at the time, I think I said to you at the time, that this business about uh, lionizing support workers was going to go out the window 
as soon as people thought uh, COVID was over. It's like, you know, oh, it went out the that? window before COVID was over. I mean, we support frontline workers and then they tell them off the grocery store. Okay, so it didn't last completely. No, it um, didn't last. But and so here we are. We've got people that we've identified as being uh, essential to the operation of our education system. And we're bullying them. The province is bullying them into losing their. I mean, the only rights, the only power these workers have, these low-paid workers have, is to withdraw their services. Otherwise, the government holds all the cards. That's right. So the but only you, you strength can't... they have is to withdraw their services. If you don't allow them to withdraw their services, you have effectively robbed them of any right to self-determination and put them uh, in the, you know, under the, the control of the government. And the government, especially conservative governments for some reason, like to hate on anything to do with people who are employed in the education field. I don't know why. Well, no, everybody. Cons conservative governments do. That's what I said. Yeah, I thought you said governments in general. No, I mean, conservative governments, for some reason, just hate on teachers unions, on education workers unions. Because well, teachers unions hate. never back conservatives. That's why. They're, well, they're a, a chicken and egg thing. They're a, they're a whipping post for concern. The powerful teachers unions, right? You know, they ignore the police unions, but powerful teachers unions, they're a, they're a whipping post for conservative talking points. But I mean, this goes deeper than just teachers, okay? And because they're not teachers, it's QP. But the government enacted Bill 28, which is imposing a contract on 55,000 QP members and banning them from striking. You cannot impose a contract on someone. A contract is an agreement between two parties. Like this is illegal on so many levels. Well, yeah, it's it's not a contract, it's an edict. Well, yeah, it's it's it's, it's indentured servitude. Even indentured servants signed a co signed a contract. You can't impose a contract on somebody. A contract is an agreement. Yeah, so, that's what's so absurd about this whole thing. Well, it's a demand. It's not a contract. To call it a contract distracts from the fact that it's not a contract because, as you said, a contract is signed between two parties or this, multiple this parties. Is, but it's signed. This is this, this is a, a demand. This is what you're doing. And this is how much you're going to get paid. And stop bellyaching about it. It's illegal. This is way more government overreach than the Emergencies Act was way more government overreach and crickets from i mean okay conservatives like charles adler are saying something about it but the usual suspects no crickets this isn't an overreach well because it's a gonna, conservative government doing you're not gonna see uh right-wing people on uh social media putting photoshop pictures of uh doug ford in uh nazi uniforms like well, they did the, for trudeau you're not going to see that, even though this is this is this is boilerplate government overreach. This is it, it. Conservatives are so inconsistent. All they care about is getting their way. They don't care about whether it's consistent with with values they've espoused before. They don't care if they're exposed as hypocrites. Like they honestly, they just, there was a time when they'd be they'd be embarrassed and try their best to avoid being exposed as hypocrites. Now they just out there, just out there flaunting it. It's like, yeah, I'm a hypocrite. What are you going to do about it? And that's, and that's they why don't I don't care. You know, that's why I prefer to say right wing 
instead of conservative these days, unfortunately, the party's called the conservatives, right? I guess it's still the PCs, it, progressive conservatives in yeah. in Ontario. But th- this is this is not traditional conservatism. This isn't because traditional conservatism doesn't want the government telling people what to do. <laughs> Right. Like this is what and and in fairness, just to be accurate, the extreme right, like the Maxime Bernier types, they don't like Ford either because he said a couple of nice things about Trudeau once. (laughs) So I just I just want to make that. I want to be accurate. I'm very big on accuracy. So, you know, it's not the whole right wing, but I feel bad for legitimate conservatives now i think i've said this before i I don't know what they do you know because they hold their nose and they vote conservative i i remember when mulrooney was prime minister this was not this was not canadian conservatism well no it was this is the reform party yeah like taking over the conservative party Canadian conservatism back in the day, like the late 80s, early 90s, that's when Mulroney wasn't because he overlapped with Reagan, right? He was he was early 80s. Yeah, he was early 80s. OK, so when you know, when Mulroney was 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 prime minister. Yeah, they were to the right of the liberals of the NDP, but they could, you know, if they reached out their arm, they could touch the liberal policies. Now it's ridiculous, like they're just it's it's the americanization of our politics and let's not do that please and on that note we're going to go to a break and come back talking about relevance something that seems to be very important to a certain generation out there maybe two generations i, I don't I have, know i have strong feelings about this good well it, it may surprise you that i do as well yeah. so we will talk about relevance when we return stay with us <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, Lynn, I, I think that there are, that, that there, you know, there's some words that have lost their meaning through overuse and, and so misuse. So many words. I mean, and, okay, let's, there are some people that don't actually use words to convey meaning. They use them for? They use grunts that convey emotional states. Okay. And one of those words that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, has been overused is uh, relevance. It, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this was a millennial, a younger millennial thing. Yeah, it's a millennial thing. When uh, they wish to insult you on social media, they say, this is just you trying to be relevant or you haven't been relevant since uh, the 90s. Or like, first of all, you little pishers, who are you to have the authority to grant as to who is relevant and who isn't in the, ge- the general sense of relevance to, 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 you know, popular culture or to uh, public discourse. Who the hell are you to judge? Why? You're not, you, you haven't lived long enough to be in the position that, of authority where you get to decide who is relevant and who isn't. Secondly, by calling somebody out, responding to their social media post, you are making rele- them relevant to your life. Yeah. But, you but... Are, but, but like, if somebody is completely irrelevant, you don't respond because you don't care. Well, that's because right. they're not relevant, right? Um, and the thing is, when they when they do it, and they say, you know, to me, oh, you're not relevant, you're relevant. They think that they're actually hurting me. They think that they're actually like that. This is actually oh, yeah, going to cripple they're me. Saying, they're saying it to insult. Yeah, they, I, they, like they... I don't, I don't care about their 
just to, their, their view of the world about whether I'm relevant or not. What do I care? And it, it always comes to me, by the way, on like Twitter from somebody with 63 followers and tells me with 63,000 followers that I'm not relevant. Okay, they it's never, absurd. Yeah. They, don't see the, they don't see the irony there, but they use it as a cudgel to try to make us, oh no, don't say I'm not relevant. I don't give a rat's behind if you think I'm relevant or not. It just, it is, it, 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 it just burns my, my butt that they, see, it does bother me, I guess. It doesn't bother me because I'm going to sit there thinking that I'm not irrelevant. It bothers me because I'm thinking, what kind of idiot are you that you think that I'm actually going to take your assessment as any, having any kind of authority, you zygote? Well, can, can I give you some background on the whole relevance thing? That seems to be, uh, that seems to be your role today, yes. Wait, yeah, okay. I come prepared. I came prepared because I I've had this discussion with some of my younger, like personal coaching clients, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have to spew nonsense in university to get their degree. And they end up with these ticks that they pick up in college. And a lot of these, you know, these, what we used to call humanities courses now they've sort of been replaced by interdisciplinary courses. Sorry, humanities professors. I know there are still some of your legitimate ones left, but you know, these interdisciplinary studies courses. Yeah, don't, uh, don't get your uh, Birkenstocks in a knot. Oh, it, the, the, uh, the turf wars in college are hilarious. You know, in English literature, was like, that's a humanities approach. And then in, in interdisciplinary, it's like, that's a traditional approach. And it's like, okay, that's nice. Is it a valid approach or not? And that's the problem. These kids get so twisted around. And because they're ping pong balled from one arrogant narcissistic fiefdom to another arrogant narcissistic fiefdom, all they end up doing is parroting language to get a decent grade in the course so they can get their degree. And ironically, university has caused people to stop thinking about the words they use. They just reflexively use these things they had to use to BS on essays. And relevance is one of those things. All right. I mean, other, uh, and by the way, I, I, this person sent me this tweet with 63 followers. Mm -hmm. and, I, uh, and I said, um, just so you know, um, I uh, was trending for an entire weekend two weeks ago. They said, oh, you were trending. You think that makes you relevant? It's like, <laughs> Like what, what, what measurement but, are you using? See, Ed, there you go. That person knew you had them. They knew that there's an example. Was this a man or a woman? Or did you know, or, or neither? Uh, allegedly a male. Okay. There's a guy who was wrong and couldn't stop talking. There's an example right there. All right. So I have experienced it. Other you, words you had him. You had him right there. He'd lost the fight right there and he couldn't stop. Now, this might be a hot button. Another word that uh, has been uh, has been uh, to me uh, made bland and uh -huh. racist. Any unfortunately, it, that's a weird one, right? That's a weird one. It is both. That word really upsets people, but also, yes, it's been rendered somewhat meaningless. And that well, they call that the, disturbs me. Well, they yeah, because it's an important concept and deserves discussion. But when you call everybody a racist, like anybody who mentions 
somebody's ethnicity or background uh, can be accused of being a racist because you mentioned somebody's ethnicity and background. They don't understand what racism actually is, what bigotry actually is. I got called a racist this week. It's been a good week for you. Yeah, I got called a racist. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Because I said that, you know, the the people who are like anti-trans rights legislation, anti-trans inclusion are the descendants. You know, the people who what I said is the people who are like, I don't want trans people in my bathroom are the descendants of the people who said, I don't want black people sitting next to me on the bus. And that makes you racist for making that historical parallel. That apparently makes me racist. You see, that's my example. They don't know what racism actually is but they no they do know of somebody no i think no they do know that do that's know. that's the problem ed because you know this is the same movement that's lining up behind jk rowling saying no group of people deserves blanket presumption of innocence and people are like she was talking about no 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 the presumption of innocence is fundamental to our society every person in every group of people gets blanket presumption of innocence because when we don't when we don't adhere to that concept when we'll cling on to that to dear life that's when black and brown people end up overrepresented in prison populations that is a racist idea and it is getting pushed by people because they're losing their minds over trans people and that's got me really really worried because that is something where if that idea gets enshrined you know those ideas never stay put they creep right oh we well, can into- it, it works intolerance here. yeah intolerance doesn't stay in one bucket but also it- people don't give up power right this is one thing i actually learned well from humanities courses throughout it, people don't give up power very rarely power is taken right and if we give up if we get so scared and go oh we have to protect the women's and the children's against the terrible trans people and we lose sight of how first of all what presumption of innocence is and why it's important and why nobody should have backed the statement no group of people deserves blanket presumption of innocence because that's a subset of all people and all people deserve blanket presumption of innocence right well, that's our, our our legal system is based upon the presumption of innocence. Not, it not, is a foundation of our of our just, legal system. Not just our legal system. Not just our legal system. If uh, say a black person is trying to get a job, right, and somebody's got oh they're a black person, they must have done something. That is not presumption of innocence. Right. They well, that's keep... ra- That's actual racism. But that's the thing, Ed. They're connected. Like they keep saying, I needed a background check for my job. And yeah, the background check came back clean. Right. So presumption of innocence applies. Nothing came up. Therefore, we assume you didn't do anything. You're innocent. If we didn't have presumption of innocence, people would have to actively prove they didn't do anything bad. And you cannot prove a non-event. That's why we have presumption of innocence. So we also called a, a, a man this week, or is that last week? Oh, that was last week. And and three weeks ago, I was a pedophile. Wow. You, yeah, it's uh, great. You, you've, you've got an interesting life. Oh, I love it. I You're... actually feel like I'm doing something important. Not relevant, important. Yeah, and that's the difference, really. 
relevant and important. They think it means the same thing. Yeah. But it doesn't. Well, relevance is subjective, right? Well, to my life, BTS, not relevant. But oh, are they relevant? On. Are they relevant to the, the world at large? Absolutely. Like butter, butter, smooth. Come on, BTS is awesome. I don't know any of their music. Oh I don't my wish god, this so... that that little that little song thing you just did. I'm erasing yeah. from oh. my memory. I don't oh. wish I spent how long talking about freaking boy bands oh, in the early two thousands? I don't need new manifestations Ed. of boy bands. Oh my god, compare definitely better than the eighties bands. And those are the ones I grew up with, so I'm saying that. Wait, what oh. 80s bands are they better than? Oh, like New Kids on the Block? All right, New Kids on the Block suck. Marky but... Mark and the Funky Bunch? Oh, no, BTS, way better. Those K-pop bands? Fire, man. Those kids were kids. They're 30 now. But It reminds me of the time I was called a racist because I put, and I've talked about this on the show, I put up a tweet uh, about BTS and said, basically, um, congratulations to South Korea who uh, who finally uh, um, mastered the, uh, the the laboratory specs needed to manufacture boy bands. And this idiot said I was being racist, that I was saying that uh, all South Koreans are born in laboratories. See, that's like, the thing. What the hell? How? Sometimes when they call you a racist, they have to stretch so far to connect it to anything racist. And then, and you're left scratching your head. You're like, is this person trolling or is this person really an idiot? See, I know from context, you would have used that, you use that exact same joke about Justin Timberlake. Yeah. So I know there was no intent there, right? It, there's a difference between saying something inherently racist and touching on a sensitivity. Yeah. Right? And I get touching on a sensitivity that see, and this is what I'm saying. Words need to mean things. Should we go to break and then talk about why words need to mean things? Yeah, let's go to a break. Okay. Um, because uh, breaks mean things. They mean well, they bre breaks mean the station makes money and we don't get any of it. That's right. Right. <laughs> Welcome that was to Canadian relevant. media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Canadian media where people <laughs> welcome you with open arms just so they can stab you in the front. I'm um, like super honest today. <laughs> I, well, when aren't you? Um, okay, going to break. Back. Yeah. Okay, so we're back uh, making other people money. Um, and uh, we've only got a, a few minutes left. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Here? Why words need to mean things. Why words need, yeah. need to mean things by Leanna K. Yeah, why words need to mean things. Okay, because there is a lot of nuance to this stuff we're trying to deal with and things are changing very fast. And I really sympathize with the people that aren't caught up. Because like someone like you, Ed, right? You had my lunatic left-wing tookus schooling you on this stuff early, right? But I remember the early days of they weren't born a man. They were assigned male at birth and everybody going, what? Right. Going, what? That's crazy. But you were able to say that in private, not on the Internet. Right. And so we I, I don't have... think I've, I don't think I've ever said that. Are oh, you talking no. in general? You talk about. Uh, oh, no. I remember the early days discussions about some of this. I was 
so I was so unpopular in every room. Listen, I have to say that my earlier, it, it, like it, we're talking many years ago, uh, the late night show, uh, my uh, the term I used to refer to uh, uh, pre-surgical uh, trans women, yeah. um, which was a, a kind of funny rhyme. Um, is, yeah, I not acceptable. I recognize that today. That is, that's just not acceptable. It's right. still a funny rhyme, but it's not acceptable. And and that that that's fine, right? Like language changes, people learn, people grow, right? But well, ideally, see, people don't see me coming because is I that red hair. Well, uh, that's the thing. I look very white, but I grew up at Jane and Finch, was involved in marriage equality in the 90s the the you know marriage equality work in the 90s and then i was you know early on to the trans acceptance movement as well and so people are just like um what i'm always the one going no hold up let me break this down and people need it to make sense and not only do words mean different things at different times, words mean different things to different cultural groups, right? Well, yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to think I, of a funny one now, and I've had no. I'm I, I had trouble. I had this conversation with this guy. He, he's a black guy, lovely guy, black guy in the U.S., and we we're talking about how ignorant means something different to white people than black people. Oh, yeah. And it was a great conversation. Well, isn't, like, I've heard it pronounced by ignorant. American blacks as ignorant. 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 You ignorant. They get rid of, they get rid of uh, the, the unnecessary uh, middle of the word. Right. Well, that's just, that's just, you know, jokes. Yeah. Right. That That is to additionally take the sting out of the term. To a, in a in black coded speech. I will not say to a black person because not all black people engage in this code. Wait, but, you mean you can't generalize all black people? You, oh my God, shocker, right? Really? What? Wait, black what? people, they're, they're individuals? Yeah, what do I'm you gonna, deuce you say? I, I'm going to drop another truth on you, Ed. Like Indian, Pakistani, and Sri Lankan people are not the same. What? What? And then there's Bangladesh, which is a totally different place. Sorcery, right? <laughs> but the, the, okay. Okay. They're... There's a sensitivity, especially in like lower income black communities of saying that's stupid. You're stupid because, it, you know, it's a racial stigma. Right. So instead of saying you're stupid, which is an inherent measure of intelligence. Right. You say you're ignorant. You're ignorant, which means you just don't know it yet. You're not dumb. You're just ignorant of this fact. But you say it to butter on turkey sandwich white person and also they, male they think um ignorant is just a synonym for stupid and the word doesn't mean the same thing to different people and it's very important to understand this because this is where a lot of these breakdowns in communication happen all right well i'd like to explore that further but we can't because right. we have to go. We, we uh, should do a whole podcast series on what words mean. What? All right. I'm going to have to make a list. E education. Um, what word means. Yeah. And uh, literally is word one. 
Um, yeah. We're going to uh, we're going to go. Leanna has her show. It's not therapy. Uh, everyday practical solutions for uh, common uh, daily stresses and anxieties. Practical uh, solutions to everyday problems. Come on, let it flow. And it's uh, it, new episodes drop Thursdays, That's 7 p.m. on uh, Saga 960 AM, Saga960A.ca. What are you doing? I'm singing Butter by BTS. I told you I didn't want to know about this. Butter. <laughs> I don't want to hear about uh, an ode to dairy products while I'm giving a, ball, uh, <laughs> a, a, a promotion. Uh, so anyway, it's available on podcasts and all podcasts, uh, po- podcast platforms. Uh, people really, when they listen to it, they're really, really uh, positive about it. So uh, have a listen. It's not the, it's not psychobabble and it's not, um, you can do anything you want just by thinking about it. So uh, that's Leanna's It's Not Therapy show. And uh, it's time for us to, uh, to say goodbye. Leanna? I'm beatboxing. Yeah. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>